Welcome back to Beat Seeker. I'm your host, Matt McButter. In each episode, we explore the shifting world of music with world-renowned experts and artists to take you deep, deep inside the fascinating and changing world of music technology and music discovery. And I'm your host, Mike Weider, reminding you to subscribe in Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating if you like the episode. You can visit our website at beatseeker.fm where you'll find plenty of rabbit holes with extra content to dive into, guest backgrounds, and even a playlist with music recommendations from each of our guest episodes. Also, Beatseeker swag. You can stay current and talk to us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BeatseekerPod. At Beatseeker, we love music and we love games, so combining them in interesting ways is bound to get our attention. Our guest today blurs the lines between music creation and video games and has even developed an arcade-style beat machine, which puts musical creativity at the center of any private or public space. Meet Tim Shaw, a.k.a. Tim Exile, a producer and performer of electronic music spanning drum and bass, IDM, breakcore, and gabber. A classically trained violinist, Tim began experimenting with electronic music age 12 and never looked back. Unsatisfied with the possibilities of conventional DJing, Exile first programmed his own performance tools to allow improvisational live sets. In 2016, he launched Endless, a collaborative music-making app inspired by his Flow Machine, which he'd previously used in live performances. The Beat Machine is his latest creation. He joins us from London, England. Tim, welcome to BeatSeeker. Hi, hello Matt, hello Mike. Great to great to be here with you. Thanks for this opportunity. Well, it's great to have you on this show because Mike and I both obviously love music. We do this podcast, but we also both love video games. So when we saw Endless Beat Machine uh, arcade game, we we're like, we have to have this guy on the show. This is awesome. So before we talk about the Beat Machine, we want to just back up a little bit and find out how you got here. You're an artist, programmer of other people's tools, and now a creator of music tools yourself. So walk us through the journey that sort of got you to here. Yeah, so I mean, my, my musical journey started when I was, I was a kid, four years old. Uh, I picked up the violin. Um, what I loved about the violin is you move your body and music happens. And when you stop moving your body, the music stops. Uh, that really provided my frame of reference to uh, what music was for the rest of my life. When I was a teenager, I then fell in love with electronic music. A, a friend's older brother gave me a tape from uh, a bootleg rave tape from all these raves that were springing up in around the UK in the early 90s, late 80s and early 90s. As soon as I heard those sounds, I was just like, oh my Oh my God, this is my, this is my world. I'm, uh, I love music. I love doing music. And this is the kind of music I want to do. Uh, but I understood that, um, that sound world is something that, again, you move your body and that sound world happens. And of course, that wasn't the case. Uh, so I had this kind of hard realization, age 12, that these tapes that I was listening to were not music that people were playing in the moment. This was, music that had been produced in studios, pressed onto vinyl, and then was being mixed by DJs. Uh, so um, I was just like, well, okay, I'm going to have to learn to do this stuff. I taught myself to DJ. I taught myself to produce. Did that whole thing, started making records, uh, signed a few 12-inches, begin, began to build up a reputation, getting radio play. Eventually, I signed to my, my dream record label, Warp Records. And um, 
But alongside that, I'd also been tinkering with, um, well, I'd been tinkering with a software called Reactor by Native Instruments. And I think uh, many people who are into music production will definitely have heard of Native Instruments, now Soundwide, Soundwide and, um, and of course, Reactor, which is one of their first products. And it, Reactor allows you to build your own sound generating and sound processing things. So I, I started building some very simple things and then my skills got better and better. And I started build, basically I set out to build an instrument that would allow me to be embodied with electronic sounds and to, to perform and improvise. Uh, that whole way of interacting with electronic music and electronic sound is now much more common than it was 20 years ago when I was trying to do it. Um, so around the year that my, um, I, I was touring, I did my first album on war. Um, I was touring, I toured every continent in that year. I think I did 150 shows that year. Um, but then I also teamed up with Native Instruments to turn something that I built into in Reactor into a product. Um, that product did incredibly well. I think we did the whole thing end to end in about three months, including the actual products, the interface, the marketing, everything. I mean, it was so it felt so effortless and so easy and so natural um, that I kind of knew. Was this like a plug in to Reactor? Yeah, it was exactly. It was it, it was a Reactor instrument. Um, and it, it was just obvious to me that, that this is actually where this is what I should be doing rather than trying to make records and, you know, compete in a, in a very, very difficult and competitive industry. Um, and uh, no, not that, not that tech isn't difficult and competitive, but it, it just felt so much more natural to me. Um, so, uh, you know, I did a few more instruments, um, in collaboration with native instruments. I then set up my own brand making little uh, reactor instruments myself but the thing i always wanted to do um is endless is what yeah what i am very grateful to get to do today um which is to build a, a tool that reimagines music um as something we come together to do um again going right back to that first musical experience i had when i aged 4 music it, that, that has a close relationship to your to your body and what it can do and the people who are there in the room and something that actually emerges as as an experience rather than this very polished product that uh, has been sweated over in dark rooms for hmm. weeks and months and then <laughs> finds its way onto Spotify. So was that was that really so so in 2016 you launched a company to uh, to create endless. And and that was your first foray into that being your business versus a, a kind of side project or hobby. I mean, te um, tech products um, have been my bread and butter since probably around 2010. Okay. Um, uh, but for, you know, for the first half of that decade, um, I was making these little individual instruments, making synth and um, effects and various various reactor tools um so i you know i've been making my money from that for for some time um the the decision to kind of go deeper into that and to start a company that that had a mission to do something that i wasn't capable of doing alone um that that came around you know we gotcha. started kind of talking about this around 2016 
Um, and then, you know, we got a small government grant in, in 2017, and then we've sort of been building this since then. Got it. So maybe with that, so you could explain what is Endless and maybe how it differed from the other music creation tools, like what was missing for you in Reactor, these other tools you're using that sort of was the catalyst to say, hey, I need to create, I need to start from scratch and create something new here. Yeah. I mean, the connectivity um, is is the thing. Um, my experience of playing the instrument that I made for myself on the stage in front of people, making music up literally in, in real time, um, is that the 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 magic of creating music in real time in front of people and responding to what's going on in the room is uh, is something very very new. It's an experience that most people don't have, um, and it's a very valuable experience. Um, it is a great way to build a build relationships, build rapport with people, build an identity, build that sort of community resonance that only really comes when people get together and do things together. Um, so, and the missing component for Reactor, you know, Reactor is very much designed, like a lot of music tech tools um, today, they're designed as tools. They're designed to be installed on your machine and give you a lot of power to do a lot of things on your own. Um, and they're not designed to connect with other people. So, the, you know, the big missing thing that I could never have built in Reactor is all the the web connectivity, uh, which is built in, you know, fundamentally built into to Endless. And, gotcha. and really takes Endless away from, uh, you know, Endless is a tool, um, but it's also a place. And um, I think this is, particularly nowadays, now, you know, we're... 30 plus years into the internet. Um, it's it's an established, it's a well-established way for us to come together and coordinate as humans. Um, but we still, um, this idea of really having places on the on the internet is, is relatively new. Um, I think the games industry are ahead of everywhere else uh, because the, right. you know, the yeah. massive multiplayer games that we play today, like, you know, Fortnite and Roblox, um, they they appear as places, um, and you can go into those places and run into somebody who you know or somebody you've never met before in that place. And you can, you know, in Minecraft, you can build actually you can build buildings, um, and, and and this is something that's very missing, uh, very much missing from music. Gotcha. So prior to this, these tools were made more for individual creators to do work on their own. And what you saw was that there was a need to harness the connectivity of the internet to collaborate with other people so that it wasn't a solo mission, but something that you could jam with others or collaborate with others on creating something together. Exactly. Okay, got you. And so um, what kind of pickup have you got from that experience from other artists? Did they share your uh, your vision and you know what does the adoption look like? Yeah, I mean the um, the so today endless is is kind of one community. Um, so we've built uh, we've built a product over the last three years since it's been out in the marketplace. we we launched with a mobile app um, right at the beginning of the pandemic in 2020 and then we added a desktop app for windows for mac os um and we've been building out the features on top of that but essentially we've been serving kind of one community which today 
they kind of self-identify as the endless community. Uh, and in that community, we've, you know, there, there are a few, you know, there are like tens of thousands of people who've downloaded the app um, and uh, use the app and, you know, are, are returning to use it. Um, we, what we see is these, these few hundred users who have become this real core endless community and have actually built a culture have really turned endless into a place. I mean, we, what I often say to the community is, you know, we built a door, a D O O R <laughs> door, <laughs> which they went through and built a world. Um, and so when you open the endless app today, what you see there really is the, the, the tip of the iceberg of that world that people have, um, that the endless community has built. Um, what's next for us um, is then thinking about how we can uh kind of uh, do do some cell splitting uh and uh transform from a single community to a community of communities because that's what we've noticed is that uh you know community we had the 2010s was all about social media uh, about connecting uh, you know removing the barriers between the individual and the entire world so whereas previously you'd have the individual, your family, your household, your village, your city, your country. Da, 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 da. Social media really connected every single person in the world with every single other person in the world. Um, and that led to us these certain dynamics that have not necessarily worked out, you know, haven't necessarily led to good outcomes for humanity. Um, what I think is a much more successful um, way to coordinate is is allowing communities to form, uh, and I think gaming is very very good at this. Um, I think Discord, for example, is such a great example um, of how Discord is. It's kind of a community of communities. Um, right. There's different channels or groups for all sorts of different topics, and so exactly. you we would translate the same concept to music, and that there could be people who are interested in different types of music or different types of electronic genres that they would be creating on this. Exactly. Yeah. And and they so you know we're thinking a lot right now about how how we can you know we've learned so much from the sort of single community that's grown up around endless. Um, around how that culture formed and now how that culture is maintained and how, you know, that community has to an extent, well, all communities have kind of gatekeeping. Yeah. Um, they they decide, they set a culture, you know, a few, the pioneers um, decide to start something, uh, then the early adopters come along and then together they set a culture and then that culture becomes, um, you know, etiquette or, you know, law. L-O-R-E law, also L-A-W law. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, we're, we're thinking, we're looking at that process of how communities form um, and how we can become a platform that right. empowers and, and maybe you could just comment on also who's the target audience. Like I got the feel looking at the app was that it, there was a lot of thought that had gone into onboarding people who might not be electronic music creation gurus um and can you talk a little bit about that like was is that it sounds like a purposeful thought to try and bring people into this world who are, are versus catering to the power tools to the you know uh existing creators exactly i mean you know we're um uh i think in in the same way that like 
a lot of Nike's messaging is that everybody is an athlete ultimately. Um, and, you know, I think we um, believe that everybody is a, is a musician as well. Um, and positioning tools to new users as something that's very powerful and that once you learn, you will be indomitable and you'll be able to achieve everything. I don't think we really believe that that's the way to position music tools as something that invites anybody who's curious to uh, to play um, with other people. Mm-hmm. I would encourage listeners to download the app and check it out because I, I do like the, um, you know, it, it kind of gates you at the beginning when you first log in too. It sort of helps with that onboarding experience, right? I think I'm, I have it open here. It's, do you, what, what do you want to do with this? Do you want to connect with other musicians? Do you want to share your music and grow your audience? Do you just want to like play around, which, you know, was perfect. I found one in there as, you know, a non-musician, but somebody who wanted to play with the app, find inspiration and experiment with sounds. Great. Or I don't know yet if you just want to, and it kind of has a nice experience to kind of walk you through. Uh, it's really easy to get started with. And that would be at endless.fm. Yes, um, endless with three S's. Endless with three <laughs> yeah, S's, that's of course. Yeah, that is. <laughs> All right, so really cool. And, um, you know, we'd like to get a little bit now into uh, into Beat Machine as well. Um, can you explain what is the Beat Machine and why you made it? The, so the Beat Machine is the world's first beat-making arcade machine. Uh, to answer your second question is, we didn't actually make it. <laughs> okay. And what I mean, so yeah. um, that that's a that's a sort of a glib answer. What what I mean is, um, the somebody in the endless community, one of one of our one of these like very very enthusiastic enthusiastic endless creators, um, who has been part of setting the culture of this community is today, uh, posted in our Discord server just over a year ago. What if endless was an arcade machine, and um we didn't really think anything would we thought oh that's an amazing idea obviously didn't think anything would happen and then he kept on coming back with like mock-ups and then actually he started no i was serious actually yeah yeah. (laughs) actually and then he yeah he seriously built this um arcade machine so we were due to go to um new york and we had an event in new york in june last year and uh we're just like why don't you just bring this along to the event and uh, pretty much what what happened at the event, you know, we had all these iPads laid out, we had a laptop laid out, and everybody sort of like looked at the apples, going, oh, "Cool, interesting, oh, beat making arcade machine." <laughs> so um, it was just obviously very, very exciting from the get go. It was very compelling. Um, it, it told the story. It tells the story of uh, so many things that we stand for as a company and so many things we're striving for in building a product that um, we, we knew that there was some, we had to follow this trail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so we then talked So NJ is the guy who, uh, the community member who, who built it. Um, we started talking to him and then our um, head of product um, kind of took the project um, in house and we actually designed you know, our designer designed a skin for it and then we got a proper cabinet made. Um, and then we started iterating on the components that were inside it. Um, and then we we sold one to this NBA basketball player and he was really excited about it. We delivered to him in LA. I heard about uh, that. Yeah, Bar- Baron Davis. He yes. collected, was he kind of your first collector? Or yes. is that, is that, yeah. Yeah, 
yeah. really cool. It, which which is which is so cool. Um, so uh, you know there there was still I mean like, there was some debate amongst the team. Um, you know, is the beat machine? Uh, is it a distraction? Is it a marketing tool? Is it um, a revenue generating opportunity? And I think everybody broadly agrees that it's kind of all three of them. But it's cool. Um, yeah. Let's so, release it into the wild and see what happens. <laughs> exactly. And uh, so you know, we announced the first um, batch of twenty five. Um, in uh, late February, uh, we sort of put them out there. We made some videos about it, shot some really cool content. Um, we got so many, it sparked off so many com- interesting conversations um, with with brands, with entertainment venues, with retailers, um, with musicians, with recording studios. Um, and, uh, you know, we, which has led to some sales of beat machines and those sales of beat machines have led to conversations about like, well, so tell us more about the Endless platform. How can we create an experience that let's say, you know, I have um, an educational institution. Um, we have a bricks and mortar establishment, but we also have online. Uh, we offer courses online. How can we leverage both the beat machine and the end of the software to to build a world which spans gotcha. the real world and spans gotcha. on and online. Okay, so maybe if you could ex- explain to our uh, audio listeners, like what what's the experience like that you know someone walks up to the beat machine, what do they see, and you know is it how easy is it for somebody to just get started? You're a non musician, like you know, do you pump a quarter into it? Like how what's the, how how does it work? The um, all all the versions that we've um, that we've shown at events um, have not um, had a pay gate on them, but we do have. Um, when you buy a beat machine, you can specify that you want to have you want to have a pay to play pack, and we we can deliver that to you with all the revenue collection um, service built in as well. Um, so that's really up to you uh, whether you want to have a beat machine just to attract people to your sure. place and generate yeah. content around it. So it's on free play, and I see it at an event, and I go up. I hit, you know, one player, two. How does how does what? what do um, I, you go up. You're you're presented with three different experiences. Currently, I'm, I mean, you know, we're working on the software. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the software that we're working working on for the Beat Machine is going to find its way into the endless software in the long run. Of course, run. yeah. Um, so we uh, currently we have three different experiences. There's one super easy beginner experience, which we're we're iterating on right now. Um, which is essentially a rhythm game. Um, so anybody, it, it guides you through these steps. Build this beat in two minutes. Uh, it shows you how to do it. It's like Simon says, remember, um, play this thing, uh, okay. play that thing. And then, and then you build up a beat that way. Um, and then there's this intermediate experience, which is like a cut-down version of our desktop software that's just really focused on... Um, it, it's less um, instructive, it's less on rails, so you can create whatever you want and you can try different things rather than trying to recreate something that it's telling you to do, but it's very cut down and simple. Um, and then the third experience is our full desktop software, which is um, everything. It's basically, it looks like a DAW. Okay, okay, really cool. And uh, I mean, where where am I going to find one of these? Uh, like, are are they aside from you know if I get invited over to Baron Davis's house? I mean, what what kind of venues are they in? Like, where where are these things deployed, or and where do you intend them to be deployed? Um, I mean, in terms of like in, in te- where we intend them to be deployed, we we are learning very much now. Um, 
there are going to be some beat machines showing up at some really cool educational institutions um, in the near future. There are going to be um, some beat machines showing up. I mean, well, we are we're taking a demo unit to Sonar in Barcelona, um, which is this great electronic music um, and kind of digital culture festival. Um, so we're going to be demo demoing unit there. Um, there's also there's a really cool exhibition coming up. Um, I, yeah, I mean, a, a lot of these conversations that kind of, um, I'm not sure how much I can say about these things now, but th there are some, there'll be some cool exhibitions coming up where there'll be a beat machine um, or multiple beat machines. Uh, we're also, you know, we've, we've got some interesting conversations with some interesting brands about ways that we could, uh, they could leverage beat machines um, to, uh, I guess, attract people to, uh brand activations etc so um in terms of uh yeah i mean we we're still building and shipping um these first 25 so there's not a huge amount of them out there but we are looking at towards you know how we can scale this up okay. um you know they they're they cost a lot for us to build yeah yeah <laughs> sure especially in in low volumes like that yeah but exactly. it sounds like someone had a crazy idea on discord that turned into an actual project you then created a bunch of these launched it and then got a lot more probably interest than anyone thought and now you're yeah, scrambling I mean, to sort of figure it out uh as to where you go with it yeah i mean the um yeah, unfortunately, there's only, there's only a very thin tip of the iceberg of things that I'm actually kind of at liberty to talk about right sure, now. Sure, sure. Um, yeah. But it's uh, and basically the beat machine has just opened up so many incredible conversations. Um, and even even if even if it just ends up being a conversation starter, then it's it, you know more than worth every all the effort we put into it. But it's also you know people are buying the beat machines they're enjoying having the beat machines they're enjoying the beat machines that the events we're taking them to mm -hmm. um and uh and also it's helping spread the message of what the what the platform is about what the product is about and you know what we as a company are about as well and so <clears throat> just so i understand i mean maybe not the full desktop top experience type you know third experience you're talking about but the other two or is it gamified? I mean, am I am I playing a game? Do I get a score kind of thing? Am I trying to trying to beat my score as I go in, or is it just straight you know making music for my entertainment or the enter you know for the the sounds that I entertainment making? of others, entertainment <laughs> of others, just kind of yeah. you know more like playing the like I would with the app, or am I you know trying to yeah? Is there a game involved? Can you win? <laughs> <laughs> Can well, I get a high score? <laughs> yeah. So so we we yeah, yeah we we are working on. Um, lead, let's say, scorable and um, winnable experiences that you can you can score something on a leaderboard, um, because it, this is the first thing that people ask when they see it. it's a beat making arcade machine. How do I win? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> we're we're looking for, and, and particularly if somebody's going to come into a venue and they've never heard of Endless or they've never made music before, and they're just here to have a cool time, and they see a beat making arcade machine we need to provide them an experience where they can have a great time in two minutes um, and feel like they got something out of it, which is some kind of score and maybe they can see themselves on the leaderboard and then they want to climb that leaderboard. Um, so yeah, we, that, that is being worked on as we speak. Okay. Um, um, sort of beyond that, um, 
and and these things that we're working on will eventually find themselves through um find their way into the app as well but our goal really is to um to build like you were talk- like you were saying about the onboarding experience today it's you know we we reveal things bit by bit um and our thinking is if if we can then add some sort of point scoring or badge earning um to this process then a bit like what duolingo did with um language learning we mm-hmm. can do the same uh we can teach you the endless tool and how it works or or um or more generally how to make music and we make it fun and we add incentives and we add rewards and you know you can yeah join levels and all yeah. that levels the whole yeah. gamification yeah, put it exactly. through the gamification yeah. filter you could exactly. you could hold it would be cool if you held some competition with the world's top electronic music creators to to play <laughs> exactly exactly that would be awesome so i mean this is exactly what we're thinking about so um the the one thing we don't want to do is rebuild guitar hero or dance dance revolution right. where um these are these are their music games, their rhythm games, um, but the goal is simply to get high scores. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for us, we we see the gamification as a, a a conduit to giving you the skills to then go and express yourself. Right, and you're creating find- something with it versus just playing on top of someone else's creation. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Got gotcha. you. Yeah, I've seen some people play play DDR Dance Dance Revolution who uh, cannot dance at all, right? Like terrible yeah. dance. And so there's no style <laughs> points. It's just like you know, kicking the right pad at the right time. So, um, so I, it sounds like you might not be quite there yet, still in the prototyping f- phase. But let's say I wanted to buy one for Mike for his birthday. <laughs> is it, is it, it could I do that? Uh, like how much does one cost or is at this point, is it more conversations with venues and piloting it or, or can I go, can I yeah. order one? So, so there was still, I mean, there was still some um, available from this first batch of 25 that, you know, they are uh, for, to pre-order the, the base price is 10,000, well, $9,999 um, for the base unit. And then there's mm-hmm. a bunch of upgrades. Um, I think the most exciting one um, is the content capture pack, which basically adds uh, two webcams and essentially a second media computer that um, and a, a, a feedback monitor on top of the machine. So we, every time someone does a session on the Beat Machine, uh, we record a video, we kind of cut it with lots of visual effects, and then we send it to your phone. Um, oh, that's awesome! Yeah, that's that, really is, cool. That yeah, that's really exciting, and I, I'd, I'd say. There's probably as much, if not more, excitement about the content capture than there is actually about the the gameplay, um, <laughs> which is which is really interesting. Sure, yeah. yeah, you can see this being at a at a big event and uh, people walking up to it, recording. That's that's great. Um, you know, I'm wondering if uh, if you know you could comment a little bit on where you think the future of music creation tools and instruments is going there's you know a few companies like yourself experimenting in this sort of general call it democratization of of music creation you know we interviewed the ceo of artiphone um they have this uh little gizmo called the orba which you can create beats with and something really really neat i just tried the other day also um google has this um new tool they just launched i think in the last week called the music lm which is basically like a chat gpt for music where you type in what you want and it creates music so there's a bunch of 
companies flirting with this area, maybe not in the gamification intersection, but what what are your thoughts about, you know, one, where this is going and maybe why it's important? Well, I think the reason we make music is changing. And I think this is where there's a huge opportunity going forwards to build tools that maybe emphasize less the process of just creating a piece of content um, and the quality of that content um, that focus more on the the experience. Um, you know, the the reason most people who are paying for the music tools of today um, are paying for those almost as a um, they're using these tools as a hobby. Their goal is to uh, to develop a musical practice, um, to to get better, to meet people, to get greater access to culture, to maybe even be a voice within a culture that's helping shape it, um, and to enrich their 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 lives from a creative mm-hmm. point of view. Um, so I think we're going to see. And it's really interesting seeing all all these AI narratives coming up, the AI fear mongering on all these sort of Twitter threads and so on. Um, and everyone's just like, yeah, music, making music is going to be dead. Um, and my, I, I mean, it's absolutely not going to be dead. And I think um, what tools like Music LM and that you know, basically prompt promptism in music is is here. Um, it's just going to shine a light on the fact that you know people will still make music and develop their skills uh, because that's what we do as humans um and the idea that the the goal of making music is to finish a song i i think that in 10 20 years that whole idea is going to look, look like oh do you remember when we used to make music to finish songs um and, and that's not to say that we won't finish songs anymore mm-hmm. um but we'll realize that the process of finishing a song um, is at the service of a sense of enriching our lives and enriching our access to culture, being, being part of something, being part of a community. And this is what, um, you know, in the last 20 years, uh, the, the games industry revenue has over 10 X while the music um, industry has sort of flatlined and declined a bit. I mean, obviously there are very specific reasons. There are other specific reasons why that happened, but, uh, the music industry has not managed to achieve that kind of growth. The games industry really understands that it's the journey, not the destination. It's the uh, participation it's, aspect versus just being the yeah. lean back and exactly. be a passive yeah. listener. Yeah. So it reminds yeah. me of the the uh, that Miley Cyrus video that keeps going around. The journey is usually the part you remember anyways, or whatever. Inner, inner vocal fry. It, yeah. I don't know if you've seen that. <laughs> but it's absolutely true. I mean, it, it is a cliche, you know, it's a journey, not the destination. Yeah. Um, I, I think what's been missing in music so far is is then well, how do you uh how do you value that? How do you build business models around that, revenue yeah. models around that? Uh I, I think that for music, that is particularly challenging. Um and most of most of those transactions have um, in this new world of it's a journey, not the destination, um, have gone to hardware manufacturers and uh, mm-hmm. well, 
I'd say most of it has gone to yeah the plugin manufacturers, the DAW builders, um, the software companies, the hardware companies, um, and then some of it has also gone to the um, you know education ed- educational tools, and and then more recently like Patreon subscriptions to YouTubers, mm-hmm. etc. But I I think in terms of you know business model um, innovation, I think there's there's a huge open space there to do something quite different. And, you know, we're, we're definitely thinking inside. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you, did you read that? There was an article uh, last week about this company called Boomi. Have you heard of Boomi? Yes. <laughs> and uh, basically it's a platform to allow people use AI to, for novices basically to create music. And I guess what they were doing was uploading these user generated music to Spotify and they have tens of millions of songs that have been created. And so they're flooding Spotify with all of these songs that then get picked up by the Spotify algorithm, which then generates royalties back to Boomi. I don't know if they're even paying the people who created it, but they're making money from it. Anyways, they were accused by, of, of, I guess, artificially inflating the listens to those songs by some bots that were sort of, you know, uh, maybe playing them artificially. Regardless, I think the whole point that you were making, the business model behind this is interesting where these guys have figured out how to a way to monetize the casual creation of music by others, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, it is it is interesting. I mean, it, it doesn't smell quite right to me. <laughs> <laughs> um because I think the value is um I mean again it's it's trying to tap into I would I would suggest a um an an old and outgoing value model for music which which is just the content. Mm-hmm. Um I mean that 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 will still music as just content will still always have a value but um in the 60s it was a boutique luxury. Um in in the 90s um it was a uh you know a sort of um Oh, what's the word? Uh, but you know, it was something that you spent with your disposable income, um, and then by the time now, um, it's it's a utility. You know, it's it's gone. It's descended from uh, yeah, a commodity from a luxury to a commodity to a utility. Sorry, that right. took a bit of a while to get out. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, as a utility, it will always have value. And it, I think it's really interesting that we're now having. Um, the Spotify experience being padded out, and it's you know it's not just Boomi. Spotify themselves are doing this, commissioning, um, commissioning content, and some of it is AI assisted as as well. Um, because essentially, Spotify is a service that most people, um, um, I think, it's almost fifty percent of people on Spotify don't actually search for artists on Spotify or something like that. Yeah, that's crazy. Really? Wow. Just let Spotify they do just, it. Like, give me The music. algorithms are feeding everything. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that will always be valuable. I mean, I think right. that is worth, like, that's $9.99 a month is a fairly good price for a utility that kind of, like, makes the air feel a bit nicer while you're working. Yeah. Um, but there's Kids. a new, this new, this new value, um, is is a, is a, is a different value proposition altogether. I get it. I get it. Yeah. And it, you know, coming back to games, I think it's a great a great analogy. Which is, I would pay for a game title or a subscription or something like that in and above this yeah. sort of nine ninety nine utility that 
Yeah, it makes sense. I was going to say, kids, don't don't let the algorithm do it all for you. Go to your local record store and get some recommendations <laughs> from from the person in there. who <laughs> will give you some good ones. And 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 speaking of which, uh, Tim, we ask all our guests for a music recommendation that we can throw on our playlist. So, do you got, have one for us? Yes, Visible Cloaks reassemblage. Um, so that album came. It's quite old now. It's 2017 that it came out. But this, um, I think. Nowadays, Visible Cloaks is primarily uh, this guy called Spencer Duran. Um, the, that whole project started out um, through some kind of SoundCloud mixes that they put together. Um, I, what was it called? Mallets, Bamboos, and I can't remember now what's what's the name. Um, but basically, they were they were um, building these collages out of Japanese eighties ambient music. Hmm. Uh, and uh, you know, digging deep into crates, and those mixes did very, very well. And and then it led them into this fascination with that genre. And then how, you know, how could they then take maybe marry that Japanese electro, uh, Japanese ambient sound with maybe more sort of more modern digital um, acousmatic electroacoustic music production? Cool. Um, and so this album, I mean, I I I still think it's such a landmark album that the sound of it is. No one else has come close. Very cool. Um, and I'm looking forward to their new stuff. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to have to go track that down. I'm not familiar. It sounds amazing. Really psyched to check that out. And uh, finally, if our listeners want to follow you, your work, uh, where are the best places for them to go? Um, so, I mean, me personally, I am most active. Well, I'm not even that active on Twitter these days, but um, uh, at Tim Exile is, is my handle on Twitter. Um if you obviously go and check out Endless, um, it's endless with three S's dot FM. And um, uh, also, yeah, browse what the community is doing. If you go to endless.fm and um, hit the listen tab, you can hear uh, the kind of music that the community is making on Endless just in, in the web. Um, and yeah, go to, there's also links to the Beat Machine site there. So if you want to learn more about the Beat Machine, um, there's a fort on the Beat Machine site, which is a kind of subdomain. Um, you can, uh, there's places to buy Beat Machines. There are places to get in touch if you've got partnership requests, partnership ideas. Uh, just reach out to us through there um, and find me on Twitter. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Okay, and we'll put some links to those in the show notes. Uh, Tim, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you so much. This is Thank been you, great. Tim. Thank you. You've been listening to Beat Seeker with your hosts, Matt McButter and Mike Wider. If you like the show, go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts and hit the subscribe button. While you're there, leave us a rating and a comment and share it with your friends and colleagues. If you want to dig deeper into this content, visit beatseeker.fm. That's B-E-A-T seeker.fm. Interact with us on social media at beatseekerpod. Beat Seeker is recorded in the Devil Lake Studios and the Tunnel Under Arundel. The show is produced by Matt McButter, Mike Wider, and Kate McCartney. Thanks for tuning in, and keep seeking.